This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie. And I'm Tommy. And you're listening to Series 7, Episode 2, Mint Condition. And while we don't necessarily have announcements for this episode, there is one thing I realized we didn't quite make expressly clear before we went into the first episode. Uh, we didn't quite say uh, who all's playing who. Let's just go ahead and give props to our uh, to our players here. Um, obviously, uh, you have me playing uh, Bastian Corazon. Uh, you have Sean Ford returning to play Matteo de Caligari. Uh, you have Seth Lilly returning to play... Good brand Strandfella. And uh, finally, we have a brand new cast member in Nick Gajeri, who is playing Captain Kirill. So you have it. We have a couple people who were a little confused about uh, which players were playing which characters. Uh, we are doing a lot of voices in this, uh, in this series particularly. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of get that cleared out for everybody before we move into Words with the GM. Hi. Hello, GM. Hi. Uh, This is Words with the GM for Series 7, Episode 1, The Numenari Approach. A very fun first episode, uh, one where uh, we didn't get into a whole lot of trouble. Uh, No dramatic sequences or action sequences in the first episode, Um, but a lot of fun character interaction between all the different players. Did a really good job of setting the stage for this first part of the campaign, I think. Yeah, I actually um, really enjoyed listening to episode one. Uh, It really does illustrate kind of the dynamic of the group as well as their relationship with this relatively foreign world that they're they're in in Numa. Yeah, this isn't actually the first time we've played these characters together. Uh, It's just the first time we've played them on the air. Um, For those of you unfamiliar with the podcast, we usually do a sort of session zero where we get to know the characters, we get to know uh, the system a little bit, uh, and... Uh, typically that session zero is recorded and released periodically through the series as bonus episodes. We're not actually going to be doing that this series. There were some problems with the recordings and ultimately it's not really usable or releasable. Uh, but while some of us have played 7C quite a bit um, and have seen a whole lot of the world and a bunch of the different countries. Um, there's still uh, aspects to the world, uh, to this world, um, or, and locations that we just know nothing about as players, let alone characters. Yeah, and that was pretty purposeful on my part. I know that we played a lot coming into this series to really get a a, a solid handle on 
most of the lore, especially in sort of like the core nations in the core book. And Numa is not featured in that book. It is in the next book that came out, which is called The Pirate Nations. And I, I wanted to do that because your characters uh, were experiencing the world for the first time. And I really wanted the first session to be a session of discovery and figuring out kind of what's your, what's going on and how do you interact with this world uh, as a team, as well as uh, a nation and characters. There are actually a whole lot of books to 7C. It's worth pointing out. Uh, there is the core book, which contains, uh, I think, 10 different nations within it. Uh, it's like Thea proper. And then beyond the core book, there's uh, there's books that focus, like have even more expanded, uh, thorough uh, rundowns of the nations as far as like interesting places and so on. Like they're like campaign setting books almost. You have the Pirate Nations, which drops a whole bunch more, including Numa. And then uh, there's the Crescent Empire and uh, the New World is coming out soon. The The world of Seventh Sea basically is, is huge and robust. And there's just tons and tons of history and lore written on every nation and every location that spans this fictional globe. And then on top of all of that, there's novels written by John Wick uh, set in this world. There's tons of different novels that, you know, have like tales set within this uh, within this world. And and it's such like an established, uh, well-defined uh, setting that I can imagine it would be kind of intimidating for a game master to uh, like sit down and try to run a campaign in this. Yeah, it can be intimidating for sure. There's um, just a ton of information. And what I do is I, I'll focus on one particular nation, uh, the setting that they're going to be in, that the characters are going to be in, and uh, read that nation all over again. Uh, and in Numa, as I was reading through it, there are a lot of things that are just kind of mentioned and not really expounded on. And that's where I found inspiration for this campaign in particular. Uh, there's uh, two sentences that I found that were things I thought interesting. I was like, wow, a pirate captain warlord. How does that happen? Galatus is an awesome name, and I want to know more about this character. And I, I kind of worked to the future. Well, okay, what would he want? He's on this island of Nikiamara. He's the ruler. Uh, he's sitting on all these ruins. He controls who gets to go down into these ruins. But what what is his aim? And going from there, I basically painted the entire picture of what Nikki Amara became. Um, and then the second sentence was, uh, you'll hear about more hopefully in this session, which was that, um, the city state and Isle of Lake Daimon, uh, controls, uh, the entire mint trade from this one Island where mint grows, uh, in the entire world. And I just thought that was super interesting. Like, how do you like, she has control and he wants some and there we go. There's a mission. Boom. Quest done. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so my advice to GMs after all of this sort of talking about what I did is uh, when you approach 7C or even something just that's already lore heavy. If you're setting your D&D campaign in Faerun or Dark Sun or uh, going to Seattle in Shadowrun, uh, you don't need 
to necessarily break the lore. And you can find the little bits and pieces that aren't fleshed out, uh, just mentions like, hey, this dude does a thing and make that kind of the the basis of what you want to create your campaign around. Uh, something that I always say is uh, plan for the future. Don't think about the past uh, because the future is what's going to happen in your campaign. Where do you want this campaign to go? What does this person or this thing want? Uh, and then the past if you haven't built it out, can be filled in, like backfilled uh, to suit your needs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how Galatus became the pirate warlord. It What matters is he is the pirate warlord and he's calling the shots in Nuama and we got to earn his favor. Let's do a quest for him. Like this world is what it is now and we want to make it different moving forward with our actions. Uh, precisely. Uh, but I think that's enough uh, words with the GM for now. What I'm interested to know is what was your favorite part uh, as the GM from episode one? Hands down, it has to be Gutbrand's story at the dinner. <laughs> uh, that you really believed that Gutbrand was telling this story and owning the room because of Seth's delivery. It was a really good, solid bit of role play. And um I, I think the episode is all the better for it. Um, but what about you? What was your favorite part? It's just a small little moment that uh, that I got a kick out of both during the session and then afterwards listening to it. Uh, and it's um, you. First off, you do this hilarious voice for Galatus, which is which I love, and it's it's super fun. And so he's he's like, you did a really good job building him up throughout the episode. Uh, so uh, by the time he comes out, and he's even bigger than Captain Kirill, he's obviously like a tall tale come to come to life. And uh, there's like this weird, this hilarious crack in the like perfect mystique of him, where he lays out his. Qu- for us and he's like and if you renege on our deal I'll send people after to kill you and you won't be allowed in the waters of Numenari ever again and then uh, Goodbrand asks but what if we do what you ask in the in the amount of time you ask and there's this, this little pause well, then I won't be sending that what? <laughs> like, like almost as if he's like I immediately got the image in my head this uh, amazing uh, character like look a little confused and probably look at all the other, like all the player characters. Like, am I being unclear? Did I, I'm sorry. Did I not say what I thought I said? I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to answer in character and then, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, It was half Galatus and, and half you both being like, wait, was I unclear? Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. It was, it was really funny. Yeah, that was uh, good. But, uh, that's enough chatter for, uh, uh, for this episode. Uh, I want to move on in and see how this caper goes. Uh, so let's listen to series seven, episode two, mint condition. Enjoy. I am Bastion Corazon. I hail from the Castilian city of Odysseus, home of the duelist tournament known as the Festival of Swords. Watching swordmasters all over the world compete inspired me at a very young age to take up the blade. Once I was old enough, I joined the Explorer Society as a means to travel to Avalon and study under the masters of the Skaldus Klesa style. However, earning entry to the duelist guild was not enough for me. I have spent nearly two decades since traveling the world, testing my blade against masters and villains alike. Most recently, I have found myself aboard a pirate ship, accompanying a man I consider a brother, Goodbrand Strandbella, on his journey to Numa to uncover lost artifacts. 
One day I hope to truly master the way of the sword, unlock its secrets, and eventually settle down and found a duelist academy to teach a style of my own making. Until then, I will continue to travel the world and learn what I can the way I know best. Crossing blades with skilled duelists brave enough to face me. Good friend, Strand the Vela, and it is very good to meet you. Please don't be too alarmed from my appearance. I am a Skald Vala, a keeper of runes, a finder of lore, a protector of the legacy of Vestan Manavanyar. This may seem like a lofty title, but I promise modern Vestans appreciate far more the achievements of their fighters and their merchants. With the founder of a notable merchant's guild for a father and a mother whose dueling skills are renowned across Thea, I have quite a bit to live up to. Nothing made this more clear than my parents' obvious adoration of Bastian. Today I call him brother, but when my mother first took him into our home for training, I admit my jealousy of his easy demeanor and obvious skill with the weapon. It was this skill that cemented us as a team, working for our respective societies. For the first time, he has taken me away from my home country on a path that may lead me to the fabled 13th rune, and with it, the immortality of my name. Ahoy, I am Captain Kirill Tikvintimovich, strongest man in there. <laughs> you believe? <laughs> Maybe strongest. Who is to say? My past is unimportant. Now, I am captain of the iceberg. She is a very good vessel, silent as the grave, and sturdy enough to sailing dangerous waters others won't follow. Excellent for smuggling. I make certain modifications myself after I steal her from Atabian Trading Company, I'm not Kirill's biggest fans. About two years ago, I am finding Stowaway, uh, who is nephew of Vodachi Merchant Prince, a man who hires me to smuggle relics. The boy is young, but sharp as tattoo needle. He pays Kirill well to pocket artifacts he likes uh, before they are reaching uncle, and so we are in business. However, coin is not enough. Everyone I am allowed to sailing on the iceberg has their uses. <laughs> Matteo di Caligari, at your service. You may have heard of me. Certainly my uncle is a merchant prince of Odachi, but I am constructing a legacy of my own as a renowned archaeologist for the Explorer's Society. Ever since I was a boy, I have loved to watch my uncle's smugglers deliver ancient artifacts from all over the world. As I matured, I loved even more to skim a few off the top for my own personal study. At 13, my uncle took notice of my mental, if not material, acquisitiveness and sent me to University and Lyceum in Castile, from which I graduated in a prodigious two years, making only minimal enemies in the process. After the completion of my studies, instead of returning home on Capitano Kirill's vessel, I stowed away to sail straight to the source of my desires, the occult ruins of the mysterious Sirnet. By age 16, our mutually profitable arrangement brought us to Vestin Minavinyar, where the Explorer Society connected us with the duelist Bastian, the Vala Skald Gudbrand, and a lead that would change the course of our fates forever. 
The last time that we left our heroes, they were heading across the Numenari approach in order to secure some mint from the Isle of Nuama, uh, the only place in the world where mint grows. It is under the jurisdiction of Queen Soteira, uh, uh, who, rumor has it, is now squabbling with her former lover, uh, Galatus, the warlord pirate captain of Nikki Amara. Galatus sent them with a six-day timeline uh, in which to return uh, before having the proverbial black spot thrust upon them. We join them now as they have just spotted Nuama on the horizon, just right over there. <laughs> Are there any other islands nearby? That perhaps we could pretend we are sailing towards. Good friend looks with his eagle eyes out at the horizon to see if there are any islands out there. There was up until just a little while ago the the ability to pretend to be send, uh, sailing towards uh, one of the other islands. But now that you're uh, rather close to it, there's not a whole lot to pretend. Uh, the, the isles are definitely... Easily trekked between, but uh, are still a, a far enough distance that uh, in a small boat, it could take the better part of a day to travel in between them. Could we appear to be poor navigators and uh, realize that we are going toward the wrong island and, in fact, turn around and send behind us the uh, small boat with us aboard it? We don't want uh, anybody on the island to have, like, an unregistered ship just rolling up to uh, a, an island full of a plant that's only available there. That would be very suspicious. I think it would behoove us to move under the cover of night, perhaps. If they have already seen us approach, we turn around and uh, stealthily go onto the island un as anonymously as possible. That does not seem like a bad plan. Uh, very good, good brand. I've been thinking about this for quite some time. You know, I'm not generally very good with the ship stuff, but uh, I thought I'd step it up a little bit. Uh, what do you think, Capitan? This is your area of expertise. Uh, it is a good start. I was hoping maybe we give the wide berth you recommend in order to uh, better see which angle to come in from. And at that point, if we can find Lagoon to hide ship, maybe we get very close. If not, yes, we send in smaller rowboats. Um, Matteo, you mentioned perhaps there was a cove or something that we could enter from uh, based on your research. I don't know if I found one based on uh, the limited maps I could find. It seems like uh, Sotira keeps her uh, secrets close to the vest. That is a smart move. <laughs> Then perhaps we change course for now and, uh, and, and try not to get much closer to the island until nightfall and see what we can find out from a distance. Go around, as it were. With the captain's blessing, you guys take a, a wide-angled approach, um, sort of sailing around the island. Um, there are a few places where you guess... There could be um, like a deep water lagoon or something, um, but you don't think the island is small enough that you don't think that you could stay hidden for an extended period of time. Like a few hours, definitely. A whole day, probably not. There would be a patrol 
at some point you think if they patrolled uh, that they would be able to spot the iceberg. Are there any hazardous waters? Uh, areas that look unsafe for most ships uh, against the island? Uh, you can go ahead and roll uh, wits and sailing and see what you can find. This is two hits. Yeah, there's there's sort of a, a um, an outcropping of sorts that would be otherwise too dangerous for for a ship to uh, come in uh, to port with. All right, we will note that and perhaps circle around after nightfall. They will not be watching the waters around there. That is that is good. And more importantly, they cannot chase us if they cannot sail in where we can sail. Fair enough. So you guys wait until nightfall, kind of sailing in a roundabout pattern. So um, casual. <laughs> sail casual, uh, dipping over the horizon, you know, just under it and then over it and then under it and then over it. Checking to see what's going on. Um, that's how it works. I allow the Check crew to do some fishing. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And over the course of the day, they definitely catch some fish, which is nice for them. Less salted cod and more fresh fish. Um, Finally. I mean, today's my favorite dish, but you get tired of it after a while. Nightfall comes soon enough. And uh, do you, are you trying to sail into the unsafe harbor? Yes. So we'll enter a dramatic sequence at this point. So as the iceberg comes into this unsafe harbor, as it were, how is uh, everyone aiding in its uh, approach? Gudbrand is going to climb up the rat lines to the crow's nest and um, join perhaps somebody else who is up there, or unless they have something else to do, they can do that. I am looking for uh, treacherous rocks and stones that I can help the iceberg avoid. So that would be wits and notice? Uh, this is the ship's specialty. Captain Kirill is going to take helm and powerfully maneuver through sandbars, through other hazards, uh, turning very abruptly sometimes uh, with his mighty strength. Okay, so that's brawn and sailing. Because we are going in as quietly as possible, uh, I will uh, be quietly running around the ship, uh, pass, uh, passing messages from the Capitan and other crews to each other. Uh, that way there's not much shouting to coordinate the, the, coordinate the movements of the ship in the sails. Otherwise, someone says rock over there, shouts it, and then people on the rock hear us. That would be finesse and athletics. Uh, I will um, take to the bow and look for um, any sign of civilization or uh, life on shore. And maybe if I see a place that uh, looks like it might be fertile for mint plants. <laughs> uh, okay, so that would also be wits and notice okay um so there are a number of um obstacles between you and your safe port there are uh six raises to avoid rocks five raises uh to uh, navigate through the shallows two raises to uh get through the sandbar and three raises to do it all quiet, sight unseen. 
Uh, and on initiative two, there will be a rogue wave that you will have to have ba- passed the sandbar by then. Uh, this is also a sword and vessel, so everyone gets plus two dice in the dangerous waters. They do not call it the iceberg for nothing. They do not. So everybody can go ahead and roll well, or spend hero points. Well, I'm going to uh, activate my uh, exemplary arcana to pull with Gudbrand. We're working together. We can read each other's lips and we know lots of the same languages. <laughs> um, so I think uh, we are using our perception in concert and I will use my camaraderie to give him four bonus dice. So we will together be at huge initiative. <laughs> Um, I will go ahead and spend a hero point uh, to assist the Capitan, as I am. Uh, he is the nexus to which all the information needs to go. Um, I will uh, give him three extra dice with that hero point, as I continuously check back with him and relay his messages, so that uh, so that everyone can work in concert. Okay, everybody can go ahead and roll. So, um, Gutbrand and. Mateo, what did you pool? I have five. And I have six. So that's 11 dice between you. Then uh, Captain Kirill? Uh, Kirill has six with two remainder. And Bastian? I have five. So um, Mateo and Gutbrand, you are up first. You guys, what are you doing? Um, I have the best vantage point, so I am looking to see if I can assess the most direct path through the stones uh, with as little navigation as possible so that we can get into the cove. Okay. Uh, And how many raises are you spending? I am going to spend three of those raises to do that. Okay. Uh, So for towards rocks, I suppose. Uh, For me... um I, uh, as we do this, uh, I am calculating based on um, Gutbrand's uh, pathfinding where we will end up in the shallows when we get through the rocks and uh, uh, basically planning uh, ahead that route so that we are not taken by surprise when uh, we enter shallow water. And I will spend three raises as well on shallows. Uh, Captain? Uh, using the information relayed by helpful crew members, uh, I will very adeptly slalom through rocks and get ready for shallows, spending three raises to finish rocks. Okay. Uh, Bastian and uh, the uh, the uh, lookout duo, you are all at five, so you can determine your own pace. Uh, you guys can go before me. Sure. Uh we are getting close now to the um, to the island itself, uh, and it's uh, it's now time to start considering uh, where wh- where we can be seen from. So I think I'm going to uh, spend uh, one of my raises on maybe circumnavigating the shallows a little bit, and one of and one of my raises on uh, stealth uh, to keep us um, out of direct view uh, from. Uh, anything, anyone on the shore. So one one on the shallows and one on stealth. Got it. So uh, I've been uh, mostly on the main deck uh, because Matteo seems to be able to understand what good brand is trying to communicate non-verbally from the distance. Uh, so I am bouncing uh, around um, from Matteo to the, capi- to the Capitan uh, and then to the other crewmates who are looking out on the sides of the ship 
continuing to take their quiet messages back to the Capitan so he knows the best way to steer, uh, given the limited vision in the, in the night. And I will spend two raises to uh, make sure that we make it there quietly and unseen. Uh, so all of you are at the same initiative count of three. You can see the rogue wave coming uh, rather quickly to you. I would probably be the first to see this because I have eagle eyes. I cannot stress this enough. <laughs> uh, about a mile away, I see that it's coming, but it's coming very, very fast. So um, rather than go down the telephone line to to Mateo and from Mateo to the Captain Kirill, I um, motion myself uh, trying to get, get attention and immediately point towards uh, behind the sandbar um, so that... Kirill can see me and immediately start that turn rather than waiting the extra few minutes that we would miss our opportunity and I would like to spend uh, uh, two of those raises towards that, passing the sandbar. I will take the hint from the very wildly gesturing seven foot tall Weston uh, <laughs> hooded man and uh, I will turn into the sandbar and use Iceberg's uh, sort of specialty to plow through it uh, bursting out of the shallows over a sandbar and into clean waters uh, for one race to finish shallows. Uh, seeing that it seems like we might be uh, clear once we make it through the shallows, I, I stumble a bit at first, uh, not expecting such a hard turn. Uh, and then I will go aside Mateo, uh, who is looking at the main island. Uh, and I will, um, I will ask him... Uh, what he, uh, what he sees on the island, as it seems that the waters have been conquered at this point. And I will create an opportunity for Mateo to take advantage of, uh, to possibly see the best place to dock, or if there is some sort of uh, uh, encampment that we need to avoid, something along those lines. Once we get uh, ashore, basically. And that is one raise towards that. The, the rogue wave comes and crashes against the, the sandbar just as the iceberg clears it and and lands in in the uh the shallows uh in a very calm spot and uh captain i'm going to spend last two raises to create opportunity for uh, hopefully our escape uh directing crew members to study the area while we are on island and find uh, the easier avenue of exit uh, yeah, you do. You give those orders and they understand what you mean easily. Hearing the Capitan uh, give out those orders, I will make sure to pass the message along to uh, crew members who may not have heard him. And, uh, and I will um, try to create an opportunity for the, uh, for the crew to take advantage of to make their jobs following his orders even easier, telling them how best to coordinate. And you're spending... I will spend uh, one raise on that. Uh, Mateo and Gutbrand, you have one raise left. I believe we will uh, capitalize on this opportunity that uh, we have been so graciously given to uh, take a look on shore and see if there's anything we need to avoid or anything we need to angle for. Uh, yeah, so you see um, on the bluff uh, above you um, a patrol path that looks a little less trod upon than you would expect for a da like a daily or, you know, semi-daily uh, route. So uh, mostly being mindful of that. And then also there is sort of a slippery way up the bluff 
um, which you weren't sure that there might be a route uh, and you'd see that there definitely is one. And I do think I need to get up the bluff to find where these uh, yeah, this are hidden. Yes, um, this cove is uh, uh, walled on all sides. So there's not really a way to get onto the island except for up the bluff. We're um, not out of choppy waters yet, gentlemen. What do you mean? We are on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will spend my uh, final raise uh, to um, uh, climb my way up the ropes uh, to where Goodbrand is to assist him in uh, descending the, uh, the mast. <laughs> yes, thank you. You know how feeble I am, especially <laughs> with heights. <laughs> you may, it's easier to climb up than it is to climb down. <laughs> Sometimes I miss my footing. It's just holes. There are ropes with holes in them. I don't understand Just, just hold on. It's okay. I have you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you guys have navigated into this... Um, blind cove um which uh you believe would both be very difficult to get into um from the sea and also not very well spotted um from the land uh there's a a small beach in the cove uh and then from there there is a bluff uh with a path uh be careful of that path it looks like a a patrol path even if it's not well used Whatever is here, it is valuable. It is worth guarding. So we'll re-roll. Now that you've gotten onto the beach, you've still got to get up um, to the, the main land of the island proper. Um, you uh, have seen through Gudbrand and uh, Mateo's um, excellent perception uh, that there is somewhat of a path. Uh, it looks, you know, slick and... Uh, Dangerous. Uh, there is also a wall that might be climbable as well, but you've got you've definitely got to scale and or go around somehow uh, in order to get to any of the actual agriculture on the island. So, how are you going to approach this? Kiro will climb the wall. Okay, that's brawn and athletics, and uh, you get your extra die for flair. Uh, this path, does it have uh, um, uh, places I might be able to hide in case a patrol does come? I think I would prefer to sneak up the path than climb directly along the wall, assuming that I am one of the few going up. If a bunch of people go up the path, then obviously it will be hard to hide. Yeah, there are places uh, along the path that you could sort of press up against and not have good good visibility from above, certainly. Uh, so are you sneaking up the path then? Uh, yes. In that case, I will at least uh, take the, the front uh, as we sneak, as myself and anyone else sneaks up the path. I will take point. That will be finesse and hide. This bluff, is it a sheer cliff <laughs> that, uh, that uh, the Capitano is, is climbing or, or is it just like a very difficult hike? No, this is this is um, pretty much a vertical wall, um, but it's it's made of like a dark, jagged stone. Um, so it's not a smooth surface. Um, it's it's uh, definitely it's it's certainly not made of just one stone. Perhaps it's been like years and years of like volcanic uh, layers coming over and laying on top of each other and then breaking off into sand. That's that you might suppose that that was the reason. Well, to the best of my knowledge, this is the, definitely the quickest way to the 
where I think the mint plants would grow. So I think I'm going to put myself in harm's way in pursuit of knowledge and follow uh, Captain Kirill up the mountain. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what's, what's that approach there? Um, so that would be brawn and athletics as well. Uh, good brand? Well, I, I have experience with paths like this and from a mountainous area, and I know that Bastian is not his best at climbing, um, so I'm going to follow. I'm, I will have my bow drawn. I will be looking for uh, anybody ahead of us on the path that could pose a threat or danger, and so I'm uh, both protecting uh, Bastian and our mission as a whole. Okay, great. Uh, so this is finesse and hide for you. Um, so while this is a group dramatic scene, there will be some tasks that only the people climbing will do and only the people on the path will, um, do. So, um, I will let you know what you can put towards. So those of you on the path, uh, there are some falling rocks that you have to avoid, uh, two raises for that. There are also some slippery spots on the wall, and you'll have three raises for that. That's if you're climbing the wall? Still on the path. Yeah, we're still on the path. Um, For those of you climbing the wall, it's hard work. Don't fall. Hmm. Uh, That's four raises. You will get there quickly if you make it up there. And uh, you have to reach the top before getting tired, and that's two. Everyone together can put raises towards remain unseen, um, and that is... Uh, six raises. Have we seen any evidence yet that there are people here? O- on the island at all? Yes. And what evidence have we seen? Sure. As you were sailing around during dusk, um, you were able to see the lights of, like, the fort and the city. Um, the, the, like, farmer's town settlement. Mm-hmm. Um, this island is definitely um, inhabited. Mm-hmm. Sure. At raise two... There is going to be a patrol. Uh, so you guys can go ahead and um, give out hero points as you see fit. I will give a hero point to uh, to Mateo. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, I don't I, need it. I know this is his first time climbing a rock wall, and I have done this several times. So I give him some pointers of like, this is how you grab a handhold. You you uh, don't try and flat palm it. Be careful of uh, not. Uh, over-exerting your calf because it'll give you the trigger calf and I, I try and direct him as best possible at the in a, in a way that he'll understand in a very technical language. Yes, yes. I, I took physics at university. I know the laws of motion. <laughs> sure, sure. But it's, it's also about the intuition about knowing where you're supposed to grab and where you need to put your feet. It's this, important. This is all levers and pulleys, I say, <laughs> like pressing myself between like two rock outcroppings. This is easy. <laughs> I will also spend hero point for uh, Matteo. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to roll more dice than I did last time. <laughs> He's had good theory training. This is all sound advice. I uh, help him practice by actually pointing to holds he should probably use. <laughs> I am going to be behind, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's roll. Well, don't die, everyone. <laughs> what in hell you say that for? <laughs> Kiro has five raises. Matteo has five raises somehow. <laughs> uh, Bastian has three raises with two remainders. 
Gudbrand has one raise with two remainders. Ooh, boy. Yes, it's not great. <laughs> I will buy one of those remainders. Yeah, thank you. Okay, uh, Kirill and Mateo, you are up uh, first at five. You are climbing first, please. Yes, uh, I... Uh, I attack the this wall with zest, and um, I will spend uh, my um, I will spend two raises, I think, to start not falling, <laughs> <laughs> as I feel very proud of myself for making it up uh, uh, as far as I do on this uh, cliff face. Maybe ignoring or discounting the fact that uh, Captain Kirill is right behind me occasionally. Pushing me up. <laughs> Carol? Yes, I'll also spend two raises on uh, the climbing stamina. Uh, some for pushing, some for verbal uh, uh, <laughs> pokes, which also motivate myself. Uh, okay, so Bastion, Kirill, and Mateo, you are all at three. Uh, you guys can continue for a moment. <laughs> Mateo seems to have this pretty good in hand. I will spend two more raises uh, to just climb to the top with less motivation for him. So we make it up, uh, up to the top without falling. Yes. I will spend one raise to create an opportunity and drop a rope <laughs> from the top of this mountain in case anybody needs to escape a little more quickly. <laughs> it's like, you know what? They are trying to hide, but if there is something they need to hide from... Lead the way. Uh, we have rope. Uh, Bastian? I will spend two raises taking advantage of that opportunity. Uh, and I will uh, grab a hold of the rope and um, kind of grab a hold of Goodbrand. Uh, that way we are tethered together by this rope. Uh, and, uh, and we can use that to steady ourselves against this slippery uh, slope which we are climbing. Uh, and I will put those two towards slippery. So due to uh, Mateo's quick thinking of throwing a rope down to help you stabilize, you are able to um, help Gutbrand and yourself uh, keep from slipping as you traverse this uh, very slippery goat path. Uh, so we are at raise two. As uh, Kirill and Mateo reach the top, there is a lantern bobbing uh, along uh, the path up this um, towards this cliff uh, outcropping um, and uh, it pauses and uh, you hear some talking and then you hear footfalls heading um, away from you. You assume that a patrol has come by and spotted and spotted you and started to head back. Ah yes. Bad news. <laughs> Mateo, you're up with two raises. Um, well, I don't think it's very useful to spend raises on remaining unseen anymore. <laughs> um, is it possible to spend uh, a raise to improvise and then a raise to create oppor an opportunity to uh, spot the locations of those falling rocks that were threatening us and point them out to uh, Goodbrand and um, uh, Bastian? Yes. Okay, that, that is what I will do from the top. I am, of course, not strong enough to catch them <laughs> or stop them from falling, but I can uh, warn good branded Bastian of impending danger on all sides. From above, from the sides, from below maybe soon. 
Our clock just got shorter. Uh, and Kirill, Bastian, and Gutbrand, you are all at one. Uh, you've given me a heads up about the falling rocks. I have a soft cloak. Um, I assume you're you're letting us know just moments before they're actually falling. So rather than try and grab uh, Bastian and, and and pull him out of the way, I'm just going to cover us both with my cloak and huddle, huddle down, uh, protecting our most vital parts against the falling rocks. I'll spend one race to do that. Okay. Uh, Bastian and Kiro? So the purpose of climbing was to get to high point for better vantage and progress from there. Can I use my last risk to create opportunity for Iceberg by turning and signaling to them, uh, you know, drop sails, douse lights, stealth mode? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I do that. Uh, These rocks, they've fallen, yes? Yes, uh, they have fallen and um, uh, were avoided, and you guys avoided any injury. Okay, um, as I get to the top, uh, do I also see the lantern moving away? Yes. Does it seem like I might be able to uh, to catch those people? Potentially, depending on what they're if they're wearing heavy armor. Certainly, if they're uh, if they're not. Okay. Uh, um, I will, uh, as my approach was to sneak, I will uh, spend my final rays to immediately uh, disappear into the, the night after that lantern to try and catch or cut off uh, that patrol before it can call for reinforcements. Okay, you do. So uh, we've reached the end of the dramatic sequence and are immediately going to go into an action sequence. Excellent. Okay. Um, tell me what you're doing. Uh, all right, so if there are patrols here, there, there must be something worth guarding. I'm going to uh, locate that mint. Uh, hopefully, I will use my amateur knowledge of botany to uh, find some mint plants and uh, extract them still living uh, in a way that I can keep them alive over the two-day sea journey with a little extra for myself. Uh, I'm a little farther away from p- patrols, but if I see Bastion heading that direction, I will also try to uh, be not far behind in case he needs assistance. Uh, Goodbrand has faith that Matteo's amateur knowledge of botany will uh, assist him in his search for the mint plant. Uh, I have a pretty good vantage point down the path, is that correct? Uh, yes. Um, so I am going to stay where I am. I'm going to have my bow at the ready. I will take a, a couple of shots at those leaving. My main goal is to make sure that, to try and keep us undetected as as much as we can now that we've actually been discovered. So if I can take out the two of those uh, sentries, that would be great. But I'd also be prepared uh, for if anybody is happening upon um, Mateo as, his, as he searches to take them out as well. So you're providing Overwatch? Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Before I say my approach, uh, is there a camp like within earshot, it would seem? Like how quietly do I need to take these two guys down? You think pro- prolonged yelling would probably bring attention, but... There seems to be a window of opportunity where I could take them down before. Yes. Okay. In that case, I will, uh, having uh, started already to sneak up on uh, this patrol... Um, I do not know how many there are in the patrol, right? Uh, no, you don't know how many there are in the patrol. I'm just going after a lantern. You're going after a lantern. That's fine. Uh, I will uh, charge headfirst towards that. Uh, I mean, 
using my previous rays as stealthily as possible to get there as quickly as possible, uh, and I will uh, I will engage with them uh, to see uh, uh, if I can take them out quickly before they have time to call for alarms. So, uh, Mateo, this is a certainly. Uh, wits and scholarship. Um, there are plenty of plants. You've got to sort through which ones. E- the consequences are there are some poisonous plants. You'll have to spend a couple of raises to avoid those. Uh, there are also some beneficial plants that you might find, so you can spend raises towards that as well, um, as well as finding the mint. Um, so there, it's a one to avoid the poison two to find the mint, and three to find the beneficial plant. Kirill, so you will be rolling uh, brawn and brawl. You'll take consequences in the form of wounds um, within the fight. If you have an extra raise after the uh, patrol has either been uh, disbanded or dispatched in one form or another, uh, if you have an extra raise, you'll have the opportunity to find something cool. Loot the bodies. Uh, Gutbrand? Gutbrand is here. (laughs) You'll be rolling um, finesse and aim. The the consequence uh, is if you are, don't spend a raise on being stealthy, um, up until this point, you're not sure that the patrol actually knows there's a ship there. Uh, they might mark your position if you're not careful. And Bastion, since you're already heading down the um, hill, uh, you too will have consequences uh, based on the wounds you take. You'll be rolling finesse and weaponry. And also on initiative count zero, there will be enough noise unless they are somehow silenced that that you will bring the attention of others. Now is the time to share hero points. Since uh, Captain Kirill is going into the melee with me, uh, I will spend the hero point uh, to uh, make it so he and I can work in better tandem, uh, opening people up for more attacks from him, uh, and uh, uh, give him three more dice with my hero point. Great. Let's roll. Uh, Kirill, how many raises do you have? Uh, Kirill has six with one remainder. Uh, Bastian? Um, I have five with a remainder. Uh, four raises for Matteo. And Goodbrand? Goodbrand has but three raises to his name. Okay. <laughs> um, so, Captain Kirill, you have the initiative uh, at six. Uh, downhill, there is a little more momentum than I expect. Uh, <laughs> I overtake Bastion and plow into first uh, running patrol, uh, spending four raises. As you, as you barrel down the hill, you realize that this one lantern is uh, giving light to seven people. Oh. Uh, and you bowl over four of them <laughs> as they go flying. Um, the effective strength of that brute squad has gone to one. Uh, Bastian? Seeing Captain uh, Capitan Kirill 
uh, fly by me as I'm trying to approach stealthily, uh, I pick up the pace <laughs> and I run and I see he has bowled over four people. I'm going to immediately look for people, uh, a person with um, uh, like an officer's insignia or, or um, oh, what do you call it? An, uh, like an ornament on his helmet, his or her helmet that in indicates a rank. Uh, I want to try and find the person in charge of this group and engage them. So uh, there is actually a man uh, with a helmet that sort of curves around his face um, and has a plume on it. Um, and he's also has a gold insignia where his cape attaches to his um, clothing. And he is holding a spear in hand. Okay. Um, as soon as I am close enough uh, for him to possibly see me, uh, I will unsheath my sword so that the moonlight can catch it, uh, and I will engage with him, and I will spend a raise to faint, uh, which deals one wound to him, and the next time he takes wounds, he takes an additional wound. Okay. So you and Mateo are actually at four, but the captain also has four, and he is the villain, so I get to go first. Oh, not the capitan, but the captain. <laughs> yes, not the capitan, not Captain Carol. The patrol's captain. Um, so he is actually going to repost. So his weaponry is uh, equal to four. Okay, so he prevents the wound and then also deals four wounds to me? Yes. Ow. <laughs> so you let the moonlight gleam off your blade. It, like, flashes in his eyes. It brings it to his attention. He turns to you um, just in time uh, for your faint to, uh, for you to swing one side and then change direction and come around the other side. And when you're opening, coming around the other side, he uh, reposts, uh, uh, getting a nice, like, gash right right um, along your torso. Uh, Mateo and Bastian, you are both at four. As uh, I do the feint and I'm moving around the other side and I see him uh, bringing his spear up to cross across, uh, cross along my stomach, uh, I will uh, drop to a knee uh, so that my blade can uh, reach the, his spear uh, faster and slide his spear over my head. Uh, and then standing back up, I will also repost uh, and uh, spin around and, and gash him across the stomach. Uh, as I feinted the round before, uh, this will do four wounds to him. And I, and I prevent three of the four wounds he did to me. Yeah, so you open up a big, big old gash right across. Mateo? As the ambush commences and the sound of melee comes from uh, the, down the path, uh, Mateo thinks to himself, let others have the glory of combat. I shall have the true joy of collecting plant samples for science. <laughs> uh, and um, I... I scan this, uh, the top of this bluff, it is like a rolling green hill full of, uh, like, gardens, yes? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I am in heaven. Um, and, uh, I will first look around, and I will use, uh, my, uh, non-Thean knowledge to solve a problem here by identifying the mint plant, uh, at a glance, and spend two raises to, uh, uh, dig around it with my dig around some uh, healthy sprigs with my spade and get a few cuttings of mint for uh, for old Mateo and maybe one for uh, uh, Galatus. So um, all of the uh, 
opposition has three raises, uh, as well as um, Gutbrand and Bastian. They get to go first. So the Brute Squad, uh, which is just one guy who wasn't bowled over <laughs> by the uh, by the illustrious Captain Kirill, uh, sees the duel happening between Bastian and his captain. And in his desperation to save his captain, he throws himself in front of your riposte, taking all of those wounds for his captain and dying with honor. Well, I do respect him, though I am angry with him at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing that now all of his men, except for his sergeant, have fallen, the captain lunges at you. Oh, no. I cannot prevent those wounds. You can't prevent those wounds. How many wounds do I take? Seven. Ow. (laughs) I'm going to activate. uh, My arm is a little itchy, and uh, my crab tattoo is compelling me to protect my comrade. I uh, use crab minor tattoo to prevent all wounds to Bastion from this attack, and I take half of them, and half of them disappear. (laughs) <laughs> so you take four wounds. Uh, so what what does your crab look like when it activates? Uh, it glows sort of a, a lavender. And uh, its arms across my chest splay uh, just a fraction of a second before my arms splay, sort of mimicking. And then I pounce like a crab. So your crab tattoo lights up the night in a nice lavender glow for just a moment as uh, you pounce like a crab onto the captain. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the sergeant is still alive and well. He uh, sees this happen and uh, he tackles Captain Kirill off of his captain. Um with a with a bull rush and uh, you take three wounds. Guy's got some gumption. Good brand. I'm going to spend two raises uh, and a hero point okay. uh, for trigger control to deal uh, an additional dramatic wound. And uh, I'm going to pick the sergeant uh, and I draw my bow back, uh, aim for uh, just the slight bit of light that is reflecting upon his outline and uh, I fire a shot so that it pierces his tongue and does quite a bit of damage on the way through his jaw uh, so that he will now be unable to speak. So uh, as he's um, attacking um, Captain Kirill uh, and he's he's in the midst of like angry yelling and and your arrow just happens to like right in his mouth and out the bottom of his jaw. It's gross. <laughs> it is gross. Um, and he screams in, in agony. Um, that, that arrow hit the, cap, uh, the, the enemy captain, yes? The, the sergeant. sergeant. Oh, the sergeant. Not the man you're fighting. All right. So the man with the spear is uh, getting up off, the, off of uh, being shoved back from a, the pouncing crab. Yes. Um, I will uh, use this momentary distraction from uh, his sergeant being hit and Kirill being bowled off of him uh, to hopefully uh, he is a little uh, unstable uh, with his uh, 
with his uh, footing, and I will try to uh, uh, leap around him, uh, kind of uh, diving forward into a roll. And when I finish the roll, I have turned the sword around behind me so I can stab behind me. Uh, where he's not expecting it because my back is turned to him for a moment uh, and that will be uh, me using my maneuver Salmon's Leap uh, to deal three wounds to him. Okay. In a flash of steel and a feat of amazing athletics uh, you uh, are able to um, surprise your opponent and slash dealing an unexpected and strange new way to wound. And then I will uh, immediately take to my normal stance, uh, facing him head-on. Great. Uh, Mateo, Kirill, and Bastion, you are at two. Um, the sergeant is also at two, so he will go first. He is going to punch you, Kirill, in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he, uh, he throws a huge punch, and it lands on your chin, you um, sort of dizzying you and, and kind of throwing you back a little off balance. Um, you lose half of your raises and take five wounds. Oof. Uh, Mateo and uh, Bastian. Uh, I will uh, spend a raise as this uh, enemy captain turns uh, to face me, me appearing behind him. Uh, I will immediately slash upwards across his chest and deal three more wounds. He is uh, desperately hurt and bloodied, and but has not yet faltered as you as you s- slash uh, up through his very fine cloak. <laughs> <laughs> Mateo? Ah, yes, back to me. (laughs) Um, As this uh, clash rings out into the night, um, and I am uh, frantically plucking uh, mint plants from the ground, I see a beautiful garden, more beautiful than than anything down here. It is elevated and, and terraced, and it looks like there is some kind of platform or pedestal on which these plants are mounted uh, and it's beautiful and surrounded by all these brightly colored flowers uh, I think it's so beautiful in fact that I covet it and do something unwise to get it <laughs> and I think I will wade through all those um, brightly colored plants uh, which may or may not be poisonous, <laughs> and uh, spend two raises um, to try to approach those beneficial plants. You do. Um, so you you uh, put the rest of like the mint that you need in like your little satchel, uh, and you wade through these brightly colored, wonderful smelling. Plants in order to get to this uh, pedestaled garden. Uh, and as you get there, there's um, a bowl of, uh, like a bowl-shaped planter, and inside there are these red um, flowers with a black center um, just growing, and they're only about an inch and a half tall. Um, and uh, they look beautiful, and you want them. <laughs> I do. And then you start to feel, like, weird. (laughs) (laughs) And your, like, palms start itching, and, like, your mouth is dry, and you're, like, the, the, there's, like, weird, like, Aurora Borealis is, like, 
painted across the sky. You didn't expect it to see it so far south. <laughs> These are standard <laughs> symptoms for a Vodachi who wants something really bad. <laughs> uh, you are now poisoned, uh, and you are having a very hard time of it. You take uh, five wounds. Bastian, Kirol, and Gutbrand, you all have one raise remaining. That was a good hit, little man. Uh, I'm going to pick up Sergeant and throw him at Captain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a, a dance sort of lift. Like, just grab by sides and shove really hard. Yeah, so you do. You uh, throw him... Did Were you trying to wound the captain or the sergeant? I'm mostly sergeant, but if I can knock captain off balance or something, all the better for Bastion. Uh, yeah, so uh, with one raise, you're only going to be able to wound one of them. Uh, so uh, the sergeant it is. Uh, yeah, you, like, toss him and his leg gives way underneath him like jelly. And uh, he looks very silly. Gutbrand. <laughs> <laughs> Gutbrand. Is in the middle of trying to create an opportunity for uh, for Bastian to strike the captain when uh, Carol picks up the other person there and throws it out of nowhere. And so, <laughs> waiting for that to be finished, he, uh, as the captain is trying to regain his balance, Good Brent's going to fire another arrow and create an opportunity for uh, Bastian to perhaps do more damage with a final blow and uh, aim for his foot so that he trips over my arrow as he tries to regain his balance. Okay. Uh, you can pay uh, your raise to do just that if you like. Uh, as the uh, enemy Capitan uh, trips over the fired arrow, um, I will take advantage of the opportunity of him being uh, unstable and spend a raise uh, uh, to snatch his spear out from his hands. That's exactly what you use an opportunity for. Now I have a spear in one hand and a rapier in the other. <laughs> and that's the last raise of the round. Um, you hear a bell in the distance. Ding, 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 ding. This sounds sort of like a general alarm. And uh, the fight continues. Immediately after I get the spear out of the Capitan's hand, uh, I am going to uh, put it to the sergeant's throat, who is on the ground, as I put my rapier to the Capitan's throat, and I'm going to try to make him stand down and tend to his wounded soldier and let us escape. Okay. Given the threat of me being able to dispatch both of them with a single throw. So that would be finesse and intimidate, Mateo? I'm going to take the money and run. Uh, I'm going to uh, pick up these beautiful flowers. Uh, I am going to um, inform my companions that it is time to go. <laughs> we have what we need. And uh, I am going to get out of here. Okay, so you're going to flee. Yes. Cool. That is finesse and athletics. You get in your cardio in now. <laughs> Uh, your consequences, you're poisoned, you might fall. <laughs> you are right. Uh, you have to spend at least one raise to flee, and then three to not fall. Um, Gutbrand is shifting from overwatch to cover. Uh, he's planning to be the last person back to the boat. Uh, he has the ability to hopefully stave off guards. Um, so he is 
pulling up the rear. Uh, so are you maintaining cover with your bow still? Yes. Okay. So it is still aim and finesse. Sure. Uh, Kiero? I'm going to tower behind Bastion, crack my knuckles, and uh, say maybe it's a good idea you listen to him and surrender. Uh, great. So that is also... Well, actually, it's brawn and intimidate. Yeah. <laughs> now is the time to spend hero points. I will spend two hero points for Mateo for two dice. I will spend uh, one hero point on my way past Gudbrand um, to uh, apprise him of the entire situation. Uh, everything that I heard going on down there, everything that, like, uh, that I have uh, going on here, uh, and... I'm going to tell him, also, don't be surprised if I just fall down the whole mountain. Um, and then I will also spend another hero point for Brains of the Outfit to give him seven bonus dice total. <laughs> <laughs> this was a selfishly motivated <laughs> Brains of the Outfit. Uh, okay, let's roll. Good friend? Uh, I have seven raises. <laughs> I know it's a shocker to everybody, including me. Captain? Six with one remainder. I'll buy that remainder. Mateo? Uh, one with three remainders. <laughs> <laughs> and Bastian? Uh, I have four with one remainder. Good friend, you are up first. Sure. Um, then I'll spend... Two raises plus the additional raise for improv improvisation. Uh, I'm going to help you, Matteo, uh, <laughs> by relieving you of your plants um, so that you have the total freedom of limbs that you will probably need to get all the way down. Uh, I'd like to spend those two raises to... Uh, give you an opportunity by instead of you falling all the way down the cliff to actually point you toward the goat path <laughs> so it's a much safer uh, descendants for you and uh, also so now I have I have your plans I've taken care of that and you have a safer path down so you have a two raise opportunity uh, Captain Kirill I will spend two raises to intimidate the two people on the ground uh, saying I think that is enough boys Arrogantly. <laughs> okay. They will negate your two. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, Kirill, Gutbrand, and Bastian, you are all at four. I will um, uh, spend this hero point. As the Capitan Kirill uh, says his, uh, his arrogant threat, popping his knuckles behind my back, I will press each blade I am holding gently against their throats, though not so much against the man on the ground with the arrow in his mouth, because I imagine he is moving just a little bit. Uh, and I will lock, eye, lock eyes with uh, the enemy Capitan, uh, and I will simply grin at him and uh, let the cold steel of my blade touching his throat do the talking for me. Uh, and uh, I will use my advantage disarming smile, uh, which compels somebody to not resort to violence. Okay. They are thoroughly pacified. Knowing that... Uh, see, so I see in their eyes, they're not going to fight anymore. No. Perfect. Uh, then I will begin uh, moving up towards where uh, <laughs> where Mateo is. 
Uh, and I will, uh, once I get up to the top of the hill, I will stab the spear into the ground. I do not need it anymore. Uh, and I am going to improvise. And uh, I am going to um, spend a race uh, to assist Mateo with his attempt to flee. Uh, as I grab the back of his neck and uh, begin moving him towards the goat path where he is already sort of stumbling towards. Ah, thank goodness. I made it back to the sheep. <laughs> yes, just a little bit. This is a very long gangplank. <laughs> <laughs> Kirill and Gutbrand, you're also at four. Um, Kirill, you're aware? You're still you're still with the captain and the sergeant? Uh, for the moment, yes. Cool. I am going to use just a single raise to call down to you and tell you, Kirill, get back to the ship. I will cover these two and make sure they don't move. You can do that. Okay. With uh, encouragement that the fight is over and I am defended, uh, I spend one action to change my approach, uh, two actions to loot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, you uh, kind of without any fight uh, in them, they... uh, you take the the pouches off of uh, their belts. The captain's got like a cool gold insignia uh, that you kind of just take off his cloak, uh, and he's also got a neat little like stone thing uh, around his neck, and you just pull that right off as well. Loot looting them, and do you loot and run? Yes, if I have the option, I will spend less rays to loot and run. Yeah, you can spend the the last of your raises to loot and run and get up to the top. The captain actually has three raises, uh, and so he uses all his raises to cry for help, uh, bringing the reinforcements to the right place. Gutbrand, you have three raises left? Then I'll spend uh, two raises, one to improvise and one to... um tie a rope at the top of the cliff once more uh, for just the one that would be long enough for the the final stretch of you going down. Uh, the, the goat path gets a little bit thin at the end, and I know this, and so I have something for you to cling on to, just another, another handhold for you. Great, you create that opportunity. Bastian, you're at two. Uh, seeing uh, Goodbrand lowering that rope, uh, I will uh, immediately take advantage of that uh, opportunity he has created. I, I've, I don't know exactly what has happened to Mateo, but I see that he is, uh, his eyes are, are, are very wide and a little, uh, he's a little shaky. I don't know what happened. I don't see any blood anywhere, but uh, maybe he just like had some wine or something when I wasn't looking. <laughs> uh, but whatever the reason is, uh, I, I understand that he is, he is uh, in dangerous waters. And while, while uh, Goodbrand is holding the rope and getting it down that final stretch and is touching the, the, the sand at the bottom, uh, I am going to uh, physically take Mateo's hands and put them on the rope and try to help him like slide down the rope for the final stretch. Uh, yeah, you do. Um, and uh, even in his delirious, chittering state, uh, Mateo is able to uh, descend safely with uh, pretty much everyone's help. Get by with his help from my friends. <laughs> That was one to take advantage of that opportunity. Yep. Uh, and uh, the 
one I will spend if it matters. Uh, I will create the opportunity to signal to the crew that they should pull up those sails that they previously put down and go out of stealth mode and go into flea mode. Uh, you can absolutely do that. Gutbrand and Matteo, you are uh, both at one. Do I need to spend the raise? You to... need to actually spend a raise. I'm going to spend my raise um, <laughs> to uh, make it to the this ti- the bottom of this tiny beach at the uh, foot of this bluff. And then the most important thing is I did it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I fall face first <laughs> into the white sand. <laughs> uh, good brand. I spend my final raise uh, making the final descent, keeping an eye on the background, making sure there's no like leader that's going to uh, make it easy for them to spot our, our way out and as quickly as possible make my way to the ship. Yep. Uh, okay. So uh, you guys are far enough away that uh, and their compatriots are wounded enough that you... Uh, you are able to make that easy escape with once Matteo is in sa- uh, is safely ish uh, back in the rowboat next to you, uh, to get him to the boat, um, and the boat is able to sail out of the cove um, with all of your help uh, minus Matteo's help, <laughs> uh, who is still chittering and gesticulating, and you think he's trying to direct or captain the ship. It's very fresh. It's it's very minty. <laughs> but it, you can't be sure. Where are my sure. flowers? <laughs> Get to take the flowers. Uh, and that uh, is where we will end our session. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by John Wick Presents. 7C is a trademark of John Wick Presents. For more information, go to www.johnwickpresents.com.